This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're able to uh, keep dry and you're not seeing the uh, too many ill effects from this uh, nasty old weather we've been experiencing. Not expected to get any real relief until tomorrow at the very least. Uh, anyway, uh, I hope you're hunkered down somewhere and um, staying safe and dry. Well, 2022 was a tough year on an awful lot of people. After a series of tough years, demand at the gathering place in St. John's, for instance, rose dramatically. The facility offers meals, of course, in a 30-bed emergency shelter to vulnerable people experiencing homelessness or struggling with mental health or addictions. Since April, their occupancy rate uh, increased from 85% to 95%, while the average length of stay in a shelter, which is only intended for a night or two, increased from 19 nights to 24. The Memorial University Campus Food Bank had to close temporarily due to overwhelming demand, while Bridges to Hope reporting that its struggling to meet demand as its food bank uh, at its food bank sorry as inflation hits a 40-year high demand for mental health and addiction services remain with some of those societal issues spilling out into local neighborhoods the residents of one center city neighborhood recently formed a neighborhood watch to address a rise in criminal activity amid calls for greater supports for people who need them to mo- the most the availability of safe affordable housing continues to be a big concern right across the province. The province's new seniors advocate renewing her office's call for a comprehensive review of long-term and personal care homes. While in the community, seniors are struggling to juggle energy costs with the rising price of groceries. Well, our guest today on On Target leads a department that touches on virtually all of those aspects of our lives. John Abbott is the Minister of Children, Seniors and Social Development. He's also the minister responsible for Newfoundland in Labrador housing. Hello. Good afternoon, Linda. Well, that's an awful lot. There is a lot happening, and uh, I think you've uh, certainly touched the top of the iceberg, and there's a lot uh, a lot more going on in our province. Uh, lots of challenges, but certainly lots of opportunities. And I, at, at the outset, I just wanted to acknowledge our community sector, uh, who are really being very active, very supportive uh, with with government and the community to help address many of the issues that you've identified. Because it's, if, if I didn't know this before, certainly being in now being in a ministerial role, uh, government cannot solve or address all these issues on its own. But it, uh, with with the support of the community and the volunteers and the boards of directors uh, through our nonprofit agencies, community agencies, uh, we can find solutions, and that's what we're definitely striving for. Well, let's uh, start, I suppose, with housing. We've seen, of course, uh, an influx of newcomers adding to demand. And, of course, while uh, many of those now are in the private sector, that still puts demand because then people are having a tougher time finding housing in the in the private sector. Any progress being made in, in improving the access to uh, public housing? 
through the Newfoundland Labrador Housing Corporation, uh, we are looking at a number of strategies and opportunities. Uh, we've just announced uh, this fall uh, some additional uh, affordable housing units that we are literally just started under construction now in Pleasantville to help out in the northeast Avalon. We continue to expand uh, the delivery of our kind of housing benefit, which is basically rental supplements uh, to allow people to uh, to rent in the private market. Uh, we're upgrading and ex- uh, all our rental uh, housing units that we have here uh, across the province. We're working with and expanding uh, affordable housing in other uh, towns and communities across the province. We're expanding our shelters. So there's a lot happening, but we recognize with the uh, growth in the population, which is certainly a positive thing, that uh, there's a lot more to do. We're working with the federal government. I've had several conversations with the federal minister uh, with uh, our MPs here in the province to make sure we can where we can free up federal dollars to to help the province uh, meet these uh, growing uh, growing needs where are some of the biggest demands right now well it's truly across the board but certainly one that uh, is very specific and we know we want to address uh, immediately is it's certainly seniors housing we were obviously the population is uh, aging uh, people who are now in their family home are finding that they need to, uh, to want to move on to uh, a supportive housing uh, arrangement. So that's something we're definitely focused on. I've met and talked to a lot of mayors this latest this morning. Mayor Fort Saunders was in my office talking about that very thing. Uh, people are wanting to stay in their communities, but they now need something that's more suitable for them, uh, that's accessible uh, and inclusive. I, there are other people around to, to support them. So that's a big, uh, big demand. And on the other you know, side of, or the other end of the spectrum, I guess, is really around uh, shelter housing for women fleeing violence uh, for uh, men and women who uh, who through addictions and mental health need supportive housing uh, it's a big uh, big need here certainly in the capital city and uh, we're working on solutions there and of course the, the coast of Labrador has its own unique um, I guess challenges in that uh, you know while housing is desperately needed the cost of building that housing is just extraordinary yes uh, very true and that's uh, before the cost of living issues of, of today, uh, that was always a factor in timing of uh, construction season, certainly for the coast. Uh, I'll be up there uh, just after Christmas to, to meet with the Nunasviet uh, Housing Commission and uh, other folks to talk about their needs and what uh, role we can play in uh, meeting those needs. Again, their, their populations are growing and we need to uh, support uh, support them and their, their families. Uh, we're working in Happy Valley Goose Bay, again, expanding affordable housing at the same time, uh, dealing with uh, some of the immediate issues around uh, supportive housing and shelters for uh, for Indigenous folks and others who need that support in the uh, Happy Valley region. What's the current inventory like? Is there a, a big waiting list for, for housing or are we meeting immediate needs but need to expand further? What, what's it like? We were on the road literally, I think, of being able to meet uh, or largely meet our, our needs. Uh, but in the past year, uh, again, post-COVID and, and even that, we're still in COVID. But in terms of uh, the, the crux of, of uh, the issue is around uh, a need for more affordable housing 
housing and as a result our wait lists have actually increased uh, at Newfoundland Labrador Housing. Uh, we're using a rent supplement where we can to uh, to to help people find find housing but it continues to grow uh, and the rental market is so very very tight here uh, in the province that which and all towns and cities across the pro, uh, excuse me, across the country seem to be facing the same thing and uh, we are uh, we are talking to private developers to see uh, what they can be doing and how we can support them as well into bringing on more uh, more housing as quickly as possible is there a plan in place for um, you know building more units um, you know do you have a, a specific goal uh, not at present because we are literally in the throes of developing our uh, provincial housing and homelessness plan, but that becomes more immediate uh, to get that done as quickly as possible. So to be able to answer your question in, in the near future, that in fact we do have a plan, we have a, a good handle on the, the need and uh, the, the capacity of the housing sector to respond, and where governments, federal, provincial, and municipal, and indigenous uh, uh, can fit in to make sure we meet the needs right across the province. What about uh, housing for more vulnerable people, people who are hard to house, if you know what I mean? Um, uh, how are we doing in that regard? That's that's certainly an emerging issue uh, for for us. Uh, there was just recently uh, uh, this week here in St. John's, uh, we're calling housing solutions, uh, 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 discussion around what is possible to meet those particular uh, needs in the community. Uh, but at the same time, we are expanding our supportive housing and shelter uh, services and facilities here in the greater St. John's area. Uh, we've announced funding and construction is underway now at the gathering place uh, to expand uh, both the number and the type of housing. So people who may need a shelter for a night uh, but who or who need longer-term supportive housing, we will now have that capacity there. Uh, the Salvation Armory through the Hope Centre has opened up its doors. It has 20 units, state-of-the-art. Uh, again, we're supporting them. Uh, there are some non-profit and, and private uh, facilities in the, in the St. John's area that we're working on supporting them to make sure there are uh, facilities in place. And we've had discussions with the Irish Kirby House, uh, for example, and how uh, we now need to make sure that uh, we can meet their growing need uh, and uh, expand capacity for for them. And uh, we'll be working with them over the over the over the next few months to get some proposals in place and get funding uh, aligned for them as well. Where are we in working with uh, private landlords on uh, supplying uh, emergency or or um you know, housing for for people who, uh, again, are are hard to place. There are through in uh, homes of St. John's, for example, uh, they uh, work uh, with uh, landlord uh, the tenants and landlords to make sure people can stay in place so that they don't become uh, homeless, and that's a very successful uh, uh, initiative that uh, has been funded, and we we provide uh, support uh, to that uh, organization. Uh, the housing corporation itself works with landlords uh, through our rent supplement to again to help people who are are, are finding it difficult to find accommodation on their own and as I said we work with uh, the other community groups whether it's Choices for Youth and others to work with different populations in uh, in the city and elsewhere in the province to make sure that the uh, the, the housing is provided that nobody is uh, is sleeping on the street.
Um, the uh, NL Housing and Homelessness uh, Group just put out a, uh, uh, a review of uh, operations over the last year, and uh, I see uh, through social media that the overwhelming response from the public is uh, reports are fine, uh, updates are fine, we want action. Exactly, and that's really what uh, uh, I'm about, uh, what our housing corporation is about, and, and the community groups. I think the, uh, the reporting that was done this week was just to give the community an update to, to let them know what is happening and where the money is being spent from an accountability perspective. That's uh, very important. Uh, but we are active uh, on many, many fronts uh, to make sure we meet, uh, meet the need. And I think we're, you know, we're doing a, 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 a reasonable job, but we know there is a lot more to, to get done. And uh, we, uh, we've got to pull out all the stops to make sure that the housing needs are, are met wherever people are. And the city of St. John's and other municipalities are active as well in finding uh, solutions. So together and with the partnerships, uh, we, will, uh, we will be successful. Our guest today on On Target is John Abbott, Minister of Children, Seniors and Social Development. He's also the minister responsible for NL Housing. We'll be back right after this. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. And our guest today on On Target is the Minister of Children, Seniors and Social Development. He's also the Minister responsible for Newfoundland and Labrador Housing, John Abbott. And uh, John, what about assistance and supports for vulnerable people in the community? It appears as though the situation has become far more dire in recent years. It was recently brought to the fore, of course, in the Centre City area of St. John's, but more people are being noticed sleeping in the outdoors in the downtown. More people in obvious need and distress. In fact, uh, I, I myself uh, came across a, uh, a young man, a very young man, perhaps late teens, early 20s, in obvious mental health distress, begging for a meal in the drive through of a local fast food restaurant. And uh, we provided him in a, with a meal, but all I was left with, my, thought, my only thought was, how does this happen? Linda, you're, you know, certainly presenting a very you know, challenging uh, situation for the individual uh, involved there. And uh, we have in the city and right across the province a lot of services uh, in place through the Regional Health Authority when it comes to mental health and addictions. We have the uh, what we refer to as the FACT and ACT team, so those with mental health issues uh, can and are supported in the in the community. Uh, we have then, for instance, when it comes to our attention through the Newfoundland Labrador housing, if there's somebody that is, quote-unquote, sleeping on the street and it comes to our attention, uh, we'll reach out to the individual to provide them with a shelter for the night or as many nights as needed and then work on longer-term housing solutions. Uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, migration and, and you know, people coming into the city, uh, a lot of young young people who uh, really don't have any resources and may be suffering through addictions or mental health. And it is incumbent on certainly uh, the my department and the agencies that, that I work with, the community sector, and the citizens themselves to direct them to uh, the appropriate services. So obviously the gathering place is one. Uh, one, one location for sure because they provide meals uh, throughout 
throughout the day and supports and facilities as well as shelter. So, uh, and I likewise have uh, talked to many people when I'm in the downtown area and and asking, you know, do they have shelter? Uh, where are they getting their next meal? And if uh, if there's not an answer that I'm comfortable with, then I'll make sure that I can uh, point them in the in the right direction. And of course, St. John's is not unique. Uh, there is a, a growing problem uh, being faced in Happy Valley Goose Bay, where uh, people are migrating from the coast and and uh, you know living in uh, in the outdoors in and around Happy Valley Goose Bay. Yes, and uh, there's a lot of a uh, lot of activity and supports in place to uh, for those uh, individuals who come in. We make sure that there is uh, shelter available, and for those that are coming in for for a period of time and then may go back to the community. So in some respects, they're not homeless in the in the sense that they don't have a home, but they may leave their community, come into Happy Valley Goose Bay for a certain period of time. Uh, if there then is uh, uh, overconsumption of alcohol or addiction to you know, the drugs, then we there are supports uh, in place through the Labrador Grenfell Health, uh, Mental Health Services, and to support them uh, as well. So there is, uh, there is the community is certainly... Uh, doing what it can to support the individuals where they are. And what about uh, access to emergency shelters, particularly in Happy Valley Goose Bay? Because I know that was a big problem, and we, we've talked about this before, you and I, and uh, other groups have talked about it as well, uh, whereby um, some people have died for want of uh, adequate shelter. The There is available shelter space in Happy Valley Goose Bay. Uh, there are been unfortunate there was a couple of deaths last year of people who uh, who did not make it back to the shelter or in the shelter and came out and uh, uh, were found in the, in the snowbank, which is just awful to even think about. Uh, so we've been very conscious to make sure that there are other supports in place, that this doesn't uh, doesn't happen again. Uh, we're also working on a longer-term solution where we can integrate uh, all the services in the community uh, in the one facility and expand that facility to not only have shelter beds but also supportive housing beds as well for the for longer term to help people uh, that need that support uh, so that they can eventually go back and live in the community in in uh, in the rental uh, unit or house what have you uh, but there is a lot of resources and it was up uh, in Happy Valley Goose Bay there two weeks ago, uh, met with the community and the indigenous leaders, and we've had a, a very good discussion uh, around what is happening, but we know that, again, there is more that needs to be done. Whether it's Labrador or here on the island, are there barriers to providing the care and attention that some people need? Because some people need a lot more than others. That's very true, and uh, it is making sure we have the right uh, human resources and people with skill set to support uh, individuals uh, who may be suffering from mental health uh, issues, who may suffer from addiction, and how they can be supported, and do they want to be supported uh, to uh, to make sure that they do have uh, shelter at night and that they have the, the food uh, that they need uh, during the day. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it will be a continuing challenge. Uh, we may never solve it all for everyone, but we are aiming uh, to, to do as best uh, we can.
I want to ask you a little bit about your social and economic well-being plan when we come back after the break. Our guest today on on Target is John Abbott, Minister of Children, Seniors and Social Development. He's also the minister responsible for NL Housing. But before we do go to break, we're going to share with you a bit of uh, breaking news here. There has been uh, a plane crash, a crash of a civilian aircraft on DND property at uh, Five Wing Goose Bay. It occurred this morning. Five Wing is responding in coordination with RCMP and first responders. They are involved in the medical transfer of passengers involved in that uh, civilian aircraft crash on uh, that Five Wing Goose Bay in Happy Valley Goose Bay. We'll have more information on that uh, throughout the course of the afternoon. Our guest today, John Abbott, will be back right after this. Got plans for midnight? Bring your VOCM along with the best soundtrack for every night, anywhere. The VOCM All Night Show, midnight on your VOCM. Before we get back to our guests, I just want to uh, share with you this uh, breaking news or a little bit of an update on the breaking news. So uh, officials with the uh, Department of National Defense are supporting a medical transfer of passengers involved in the crash of a civilian aircraft that occurred on D&D property near Five Wing Goose Bay uh, this morning. Five Wing is responding in coordination with RCMP and other first responders. Some initial unconfirmed reports indicate it may be a private aircraft but again, VOCM News is working to confirm those details, and we'll have more on that as the information becomes available. Our guest today on On Target, John Abbott, Minister of Children, Seniors, and Social Development. He's also the minister responsible for Newfoundland and Labrador Housing. And I understand, uh, John, that you've been working on a, a social and economic well-being plan. What's that all about? Yeah, yes, Linda. We started uh, the fall to... Uh, look at how we can and should be engaging the community on uh, a replacement for the former poverty reduction strategy, and I've been mandated by the Premier to uh, to bring that forward. So we did some, uh, I guess, soul-searching and, and research around what would be the best approach here, and we felt uh, that... People, look at this in a broader context, that we want to not only talk about the social uh, well-being of uh, individuals and communities, but also their economic well-being. So we've combined those two themes together, and we've been consulting uh, across the province uh, with community groups, persons with lived experience, uh, Indigenous uh, organizations, and the like, to get uh, get a substantive input to uh, to this planning exercise and we're looking at the issues around housing we're looking at issues around early education uh, we're looking at income and uh, and food security so the full full spectrum so that it would be a comprehensive uh, plan uh, that will be almost a companion document then to the uh, health accord because it speaks largely to social determinants well here will be some specifics of uh, actions that uh, the province and others can take uh, to meet the, uh, the aspirations of the of the health accord itself so addressing those social develop, uh, determinants of health, um, where do you start? I mean, there's just so much. Uh, I know one of the things that um, uh, is being explored is this whole notion of a basic income, and the all-party committee that's been uh, put together to uh, look into that has been meeting uh, and will continue to meet on that. Um, is that something that you're, that touches on your department as well? Yes, and as a matter of fact, I'm chairing that all-party committee, and we've had 
had a, a couple of sessions already, and we will be in the new year engaging the, the community sector as well as uh, others uh, that have an interest in this topic, including people who would uh, benefit from uh, such a such a concept. Uh, but the uh, social economic well-being plan will in- incorporate elements of of that. It, it may be at this point say simply we're working on a basic income plan, uh, but but that would be one of the pillars of uh, of our uh, of our uh, social economic well-being plan. We will have housing at the same time. The housing corporation is developing a housing homelessness plan, which will be a pillar of this larger plan. Uh, we have an early childhood education plan that the minister of education is responsible for. So this will feed into that. Uh, we also have a minimum wage review and increases in the minimum wage uh, starting this past year, uh, fall. Uh, so that will feed into to this as well. So we're trying to bring all these elements together in one you know, cohesive plan and uh, then where are the gaps and then we have to identify specific uh, initiatives that then we would have uh, program initiatives that then we would have to uh, map out and fund and to, to meet the, the goals of the plan uh, as, uh, as that unfolds over the next uh, number of months. So we had a poverty reduction plan. Um, was it not adequate? The, it was. A, uh, I think most people will say that it was a successful plan. And uh, but time has moved on. Uh, the the issues in the communities and in the province have, have uh, evolved. So we now need to take a broader broader look, and we'll be, we'll, hopefully we'll be building on some of the elements of that uh, that strategy as well, because all the the initiatives that were funded and most of those are still in place, and we uh, certainly will be uh, building on those. I think a lot of people just uh, from casual observation uh, will see or notice that uh, things appear to be, um, I guess, a lot more challenging than they used to be. So what what is fueling uh, the need that's out there now compared to, let's say, even five years ago? I think that is the literally the question of the age. Uh, obviously, COVID and the unintended Un- unknown and unintended consequences of COVID are certainly uh, playing uh, a big part here. Uh, of course, now we have the the war in Ukraine uh, inflicted by Russia, and that has certainly changed uh, the world economy, certainly when it comes to uh, uh, energy pricing and all of those things. So that's really inflicted a significant uh, impact on the cost of living that we're all challenged with. Uh, There are rising mental health challenges for individuals and in the community at large, despite all the efforts that governments uh, uh, have put in to addressing those, they're still uh, continuing to be a challenge. And then we have addictions. So it's all... And I think as you introduced uh, this uh, session today, all of these issues now have really all come, pretty well all come together. And the challenge for any government, uh, the Newfoundland government in for us is to how we manage, how do we support individuals and make sure that at the end of uh, of the day, each week, each month, each year, that people are better off than when, uh, when they were at the beginning here. And part of that is uh, 
calling out the challenges and making sure that we are responding uh, to the best of our ability with the resources we have at hand. And so the, some of the things that the government has done uh, this this past year in putting money out uh, in the hands of individuals is to, to allow them to, to address some of the cost of living challenges uh, while we're looking at the broader broader picture here. And you've just touched on that strange dichotomy, isn't it? The, the, the province obviously has a lot on its plate, Poli- uh, people really struggling uh, with the cost of living, uh, and yet unemployment levels at all-time highs or since records began in 1976, I think. Um, uh, our, our economy is humming along. There's a labor crunch. People can't get enough workers to fill the demand. And yet we have so many people who are clearly struggling at levels that we've never seen before. So uh, how do you address this dichotomy and how do you meet that need? I mean, you can't be, I suppose, uh, you know, uh, printing checks all the time. So how do you address it? Well, Linda, the, the first thing is that to acknowledge, and I think you've done a, a good job of, of just you know, spelling that out. We actually have two or three economies uh, going on here, and we have a large segment of the population who uh, have been, uh, in some senses, left behind. Uh, and so the task to governments now is to make sure the training and education programs we have uh, meet the current needs, and we support individuals uh, to do that. Uh, we make sure that we can help them. We are running a, a pilot project now with youth who are maybe uh, on income support who want to uh, seek employment, but if they do, they may lose some benefits. We're saying, no, you you continue on to the employment track. We will make sure your benefits are still in place and we won't be clawing back dollar for dollar, those kinds of things. So we've got to look at where we can prevent people uh, from falling into the welfare uh, trap as well as uh, falling in uh, in the, the cracks in some of our social and economic programs. So that's one of the things governments can do and that's certainly something my department uh, is, is focused on and working with my colleagues uh, in cabinet uh, on in areas that they have responsibility for. Uh, at the same time, making sure we listen to what the private sector is telling us in terms of the sports that they they need uh, for to bring people into into the employment. And for those who are not going to go to employment because of uh, health and other reasons, we've got to make sure that they have sufficient incomes, uh, that they live uh, a reasonable life. And uh, and that's one of the things that the All-Party Committee will be addressing uh, over the next number of months is to make sure we can come up uh, to identify specifically what those those needs are, what kind of incomes would be uh, needed, uh, and then how to deliver on that. And obviously, we need to make sure that the federal government is fully engaged and supportive of, of that because the province would not be able to do that on its own for the poten- what we see as the potential cost, whatever solution we might, uh, might come uh, forward with to recommend to government. We've spoken about this at length over the years, but we do have uh, aging demographics here in Newfoundland and Labrador, and there's few things in my mind that are sadder than the thought of someone who has uh, worked diligently and hard their entire lives and only to find themselves struggling in 
in their senior years when they really should have very few cares uh, to burden them, if you know what I'm saying. So uh, where are we with uh, helping people who are seniors? I know the federal government has made some moves to try and increase uh, to a certain degree uh, benefits for seniors, but do they go far enough? Is there a role that the province can play? Well, in light of what we're seeing in terms of cost of living, uh, that some of the benefit programs and income programs in place may not meet the full need, and we've got to look at increasing those. I know the federal government has done some of that, and we have done some of that. There may be more that needs to be done. One of the success stories in Canada for seniors up until recently, certainly, was uh, the fact that we had an old-age security system and uh, guaranteed income supplement, and along with uh, those who received the Canada Pension Plan, so that they would have sufficient income as a senior to live a comfortable life. Uh, but there's been some erosion in that, so we've got to build some of that back up. Um, we're conscious of doing that uh, where we can, and we increase the uh, low-income and senior supplements there in the spring, and that's something uh, we'll keep an eye on and what else uh, the province can do uh, when it comes to their housing needs. Uh, some of our larger users, users of our programs, whether it's our uh, rent supplement programs or our housing and home repair programs, are seniors, and so that we can keep them and they can stay in their own homes. Uh, so we want to make sure we have the uh, the right programs there, and our housing and homelessness plan will be addressing that. So there are things that we can do, and there's things that the community uh, can do and are doing to support seniors in uh, in their community in to stay in their own homes and in their own communities. Aging in place, of course, I suppose, is the ideal. Uh, but uh, for some seniors, that's not always possible. They they require more support and supportive living. And, of course, we've seen some very serious concerns about uh, long-term care and personal care homes and the kind of uh, care that they can provide, especially through COVID. Um, and we saw some pretty devastating situations on the mainland in particular. Uh, but there's serious concerns here. The seniors advocate uh, raised that a couple of years ago. Uh, the new seniors advocate reiterating some of those concerns, looking for a comprehensive review of uh, long-term and personal care homes in Newfoundland and Labrador. Where are we with that? Well, that review uh, will be undertaken. I spoke just recently with the Minister of Health on the status, so he's committed to getting that underway and to address the, all the issues that, that may be there in terms of training, access, uh, management of the facilities. So the situations that we've heard of this past fall uh, are never repeated. And at the same time, uh, to address some of the seniors uh, senior advocates' uh, concerns as well, and uh, that's, uh, that's and I'm looking forward to uh, to obviously seeing the results of that. Uh, I'm currently chairing uh, a cabinet committee on seniors, so the results of that review will feed in, uh, into into our work uh, while we're dissecting uh, the recommendations coming out of the uh, health accord when it comes to seniors' care in the, in the province. And tied into that, we have a new Adult uh, Protection Act, um, and I want to ask you a little bit about that when we come back after the break. Our guest today on On Target is John Abbott, Minister of Children, Seniors, and Social Development. He's also the minister responsible for Newfoundland and Labrador Housing. We'll be back right after this. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And we're back. Our guest today on On Target, John Abbott, Minister of Seniors, 
children, seniors, and social development. He's also the minister responsible for Newfoundland and Labrador housing. And the province has a new Adult Protection Act. Minister? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, so uh, we just uh, proclaimed the new Adult Protection Act. Uh, we passed that in the House of Assembly just uh, a year ago. Uh, and in intervening time, we were developing the policies and regulations to make sure uh, when we proclaim it was ready to, to be rolled out. What the new act does it really was to clarify many of the protocols and rules around uh, the how we as a system, i.e. Uh, the department and our health authorities uh, work with individuals who may be at risk, uh, who've been identified by a family member or the community, and we want to make sure that uh, both our, our the regulations are, are meeting today's standards of uh, care and intervention and that they would be uh, supported in uh, when if uh, an issue ever got before a, a judge so that was the kind of work we were doing and uh, I don't know if it's surprisingly or not but we are getting you know more calls from the community about the concerns about an adult uh, who may be living on his or her own and not sure if uh, they've been abandoned if they've been uh, if they're under any uh, mental uh, issues are they under are, are they being abused by uh, by somebody in the community emotionally financially or otherwise so what we've encouraged is anybody that any time uh, like uh, child protection matter if they see something that they're concerned about they should certainly call uh, the, the, my department or one of the health authorities and uh, bring that to their attention and then a social worker will uh, will uh, immediately uh, intervene uh, to determine what the course of action is required. Uh, this time last year, it seems like the, the, the big conversations was surrounding uh, social workers and uh, the number of social workers available and caseloads and the, and the like. And we all know how things uh, are challenging right now. Uh, where, where are we with all of that? The, so in terms of the, those working in the community, obviously there are some challenges there. Our biggest challenge, however, are uh, in terms of recruitment and retention uh, around our, uh, the social workers who deal in the child protection uh, program here in the department. And uh, we have certain standards, so how many files uh, and cases that a social worker should carry, you know, so that she, they're not over overburdened, and they are re obviously uh, responding uh, in a timely and appropriate fashion. Uh, we need more social workers. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so in the meantime, we are looking at how we deploy uh, our social workers uh, across the province and into Labrador as needed. Uh, we're looking at how we can support, uh, for being, excuse me, bring in additional workers who uh, may not be uh, registered social workers, but can carry some of the administrative burden that the, our workers uh, have to, to undertake. So we're doing everything uh, there that we can to, to assist there so that we are responsive uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, so that continues to be a, a challenge for us, but we're working with uh, with NAEP and uh, the, the School of Social Work and the regulator to make sure uh, we are meeting our uh, our legislative uh, requirements in responding to children in need, adults in need.
Uh, accessibility has been um, a major topic um, in recent years, of course. And the, there's a lot of uh, heritage properties, of course, in Newfoundland and Labrador. And so that causes a, a little bit of uh, concern, especially for business owners who uh, want people to come into their businesses but are having trouble trying to figure out how to do that. Um, we have an accessibility standards advisory board. What's that all about? The legislation, and that was brand new legislation, again, we passed last year, and we were uh, successful then uh, earlier this year to get the Accessibility uh, Standards Advisory Board in place. They're independent. Uh, their job is to identify what standards need to be in place uh, to support persons uh, with accessibility issues. Uh, so it may be in the, in the business community or business practices. It could be in terms of how we communicate using computers, for instance. Uh, it could be uh, things around uh, store layouts, you, you na name it. So it's a, it's a full range of uh, responsibilities. What the board is doing right now is uh, prioritizing the areas that they think uh, they should be working on to develop those standards, uh, building on what is happening in other jurisdictions. And we have the uh, Canadian Standards Association that there to help us uh, so that we can ideally in the next you know, number of months uh, start rolling out some, uh, some standards that then become law and that the community, whether it's private or public or non-profit sectors, uh, then would uh, would have to follow. So uh, uh, maybe one example, I don't know if it's the best one, but one that I know is very, very active, uh, looking at uh, for persons with disabilities, and uh, uh, we know people in the community have adult children who are disabled and who need appropriate uh, washrooms. Uh, the standard washroom does, just does not uh, work for them. And so that there's a, a move across the province to make sure our public facilities, certainly our health facilities, have those in place along uh, as people move across the province. So does that become a standard? That's one of the questions then that board would uh, look at and then uh, uh, proceed to uh, develop that. And then uh, uh, cabinet would look at that pass it as a regulation and then uh, the appropriate agencies uh, businesses whatever then would have to follow that uh, standard on a go forward basis it really to to make our province a more accessible and inclusive province uh, f for all and uh, the legislation was approved unanimously and it's got a lot of support and uh, I think it's definitely one of the success stories uh, that we have here in the province when it comes to social policy in the in the past year uh, and success stories are good. Uh, we've talked about a lot of challenges, and of course, your department has uh, has such an over <laughs> overwhelming. I uh, guess it, it touches really into an awful lot of departments, doesn't it? Uh, but your department is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the positive uh, stuff that's happening. We've got about a minute and a half left. Well, as I said, you know, we've uh, in terms of uh, and making sure that uh, we're working with our indigenous, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, governments and organizations around housing issues, around uh, uh, child protection matters, and other things. And we have a very solid uh, working relationship uh, with uh, the, the leadership there. And uh, I presented at the Premiers and Indigenous Roundtable in Labrador uh, just two weeks ago, and was definitely well received and we've built up uh, goodwill and a lot of 
uh, contacts, and I'll be back up in Labrador uh, in the in the new year to to reengage on these many of these same issues. But having a, a solid partnership really helps uh, address issues, and that's likewise here with the uh, with uh, with the chief in Con River and the chief with uh, uh, Halibut. So we're working those relationships so it, we can support uh, their uh, their members and uh, likewise uh, uh, allow them to uh, achieve their goals. Uh, we're looking at how we can improve our income support uh, program. We've got a review underway. Uh, we know there's lots of challenges in just how we had desi- the program is designed and administered, so we will be making improvements on that uh, in the new year. And uh, we've increased the uh, income support uh, rates. Uh, we know that uh, it goes some way with the cost of living. We'll obviously continue to, to look at the, those kinds of uh, system issues that need to be be addressed. And when it comes to food security and all the issues that we know, uh, we're working uh, with the Food First NL, uh, the Community Food Sharing Association, the food banks across the province to make sure that they are adequately resourced to meet the, the growing need there. Uh, because we want to make sure, certainly for the coming Christmas season, that uh, there's nobody left without uh, a good uh, good meals uh, to uh, to allow them to uh, to be nurtured and to, and to live uh, healthy. So that's a lot of the things that are happening. But it really does build on the partnerships that we uh, have with uh, with the community sector. As I said at the outset, uh, without them, uh, we wouldn't be able to achieve uh, as, as much as we have. And we will continue to wor- work with them. Uh, and I'm sure they're uh, they're being they're more than happy and prepared to work with us because we we have a lot of conversations uh, on a daily basis. And uh, I'm uh, encouraged by the level of energy and enthusiasm that they uh, bring to the, to all those discussions. We could easily fill another hour, I know, but uh, Minister Abbott, I really do appreciate your time today. John Abbott, Minister of Children, Seniors and Social Development, also Minister Responsible for Newfoundland and Labrador Housing. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Linda. Merry Christmas to all. Same to you. And we'll be back tomorrow. Do stay tuned. We're going to talk to Keith Sullivan. Um, so thanks for listening.